0: of time Herbs, and say hello to Jeffrey Rose. I visit the Agriculture Day in May, and I found Wayne County Master Gardener Coordinator Diane Diefenderfer, who highlighted some participation activities. All of that coming up on today's Farm and Country. But first, news headlines from NPR.
1: Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Amy Held. President Biden heads next to Japan after holding a summit and attending a state dinner in Seoul with South Korea's brand new president, Yoon Sung-yal. NPR's Anthony Kuhn reports from Seoul Biden's first Asian trip in office is aimed at countering Beijing's growing influence, plus the threat from Pyongyang. Biden and Yoon promised to consult on expanding joint military exercises to deter North Korea and discuss moving more U.S. military equipment, such as planes and ships, to the Korean Peninsula or nearby. A reporter asked Biden whether he'd be willing to meet with Kim Jong-un.
2: With regard to whether I would meet with uh, the leader of North Korea, there would be depend on whether he was sincere and whether it was serious.
1: President Yoon said that while the U.S. and South Korea share the values of democracy and human rights... They have no intention to exclude countries that don't share them. Anthony Kuhn, in PR News, Seoul. While in Seoul, Biden signed into law $40 billion in additional funding for Ukraine, about half for military purposes, the rest for economic support, refugee assistance, and relief for a global food shortage that could result from the collapse of Ukrainian agriculture. In what would be a major Moscow victory, Russia is claiming to have captured Mariupol, declaring the complete liberation of the Azovstal steel plant. Ukraine has not confirmed that, but President Volodymyr Zelensky says after weeks of resistance, Ukrainian soldiers are free to go. He's heard here through a BBC interpreter.
0: Things are what they are. As of today, the boys received the
1: signal from the military command that they are at complete liberty, complete liberty to get out
3: and save their lives.
1: Russia says hundreds of Ukrainian fighters have surrendered this week. San Francisco's archbishop says he will deny communion to Catholic House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. From member station KQED, Maria Fernanda Bernal reports the reason is Pelosi's pro-abortion rights stance. Archbishop Salvatore Cordaglioni said in a public letter addressing Pelosi that she will not be admitted to Holy Communion because of her support for abortion rights and for not meeting with him on the issue. He says Pelosi has become more extreme in the past months and mentions how she cites her Catholic faith to support abortion rights. The archbishop has been an outspoken opponent of abortion and same-sex marriage, but says his decision is pastoral and not political. His letter comes as the U.S. Supreme Court is expecting to make a decision of the legality of abortion in the next coming weeks. For NPR News, I am Maria Fernanda Bernal. More than eight years of a conservative coalition in Australia is coming to an end. Prime Minister Scott Morrison has conceded defeat in today's national election, congratulating incoming Prime Minister Anthony Albanese. The Labour leader now says he wants to unite the country. You're listening to NPR News.
2: Support comes from. Van Gorder's Furniture, featuring lodge and Adirondack styles as well as rustic collections, with showrooms at Lake wall and downtown Honesdale, and Milford, PA. Van Gorder's Furniture brings the outdoors inside. VanGorder's.com.
0: This is Rosie Starr. Welcome back to Farm and Country. Coming up on today's show, Christine San Jose frolics along the Poets Row in the month of May. I stop by Wild Yarrow Farm in Koshek, New York to pick up my trio of thyme herbs and say hello to Jeffrey Rose. Wayne County Master Gardener Coordinator Diane Diefenderfer highlights some participation activities. But first, here is Keith Hubbard with this week's Star Talk report. Thank you for joining us on Radio Catskill for this week's locally produced Farm and Country.
2: For Farm and Country, I'm Keith Hubbard, and this is Star Talk. The five planets that have been known since antiquity, Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, and Saturn, are named after Roman deities. When the sixth planet was discovered by William Herschel in 1781, a naming controversy ensued. Herschel wanted to name the planet Georgium Sidus after King George III. Astronomers eventually decided to follow the convention of naming the planet after an ancient god. The convention was followed again in 1846 and in 1930 with the discoveries of Neptune and Pluto, respectively. While the planets are named after Roman gods, the moons are named after characters associated with the equivalent Greek gods of the planets. For example, the two moons of Mars, Phobos and Deimos, are named after the twin sons of the Greek gods Ares and Aphrodite. This is the naming convention for every planet but Uranus. The moons of Uranus are named after characters from works by Shakespeare and the poet Alexander Pope. Even the surface features on Uranus' moons are named after places in Shakespeare's works. The surface features on other bodies follow as strict a naming convention as the planets and moons. A feature may not bear the name of a living person or of a political or religious figure from the last 200 years. These naming conventions are governed by the International Astronomical Union. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for future Star Talk segments, my email address is startalk at farmandcountry.org. For Farm and Country and Star Talk, this has been Keith Hubbard, reminding you to keep looking up.
4: For WJFF and Farm and Country, this is Christine San Jose. You know what's going on along the Poets' Row today. Now is the month of Maying. Huh, who said that? Well, Shakespeare, of course. So here we go. Oh, one thing I should say: when I say far-la, you know, this really is a song. And so when I'm just going to say fa-la, but you have to imagine and feel free to do your own fa that I'm actually going fa la 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 with any number of fa Enjoy yourself with it. William Shakespeare. Now is the month of Maying when merry lads are playing fa each with his bonny lass upon the greeny grass, fa la 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 the spring, clad all in gladness, doth laugh at winter's sadness falla and to the bagpipe sound the nymphs tread out their ground falla why then why sit we musing Youth's sweet delight refusing falla Say dainty nymphs and speak shall we play barley break? Falalala, fa-la-la. I Hope you did lots of falalaling out there. I've no idea what playing body break is, but it's fun. So now, through the kindness of highlights for children, we have a realistic view of May, and this is what Marshall has to say: the sound of rain. A tip, a slap, a dash, a smash, thunder and lightning so high in the sky, oh my, oh my, do not cry, a crack, a pop, a shatter. No matter, a sprinkle, a tinkle, rain. And now, here is a May poem to conjure with by the master Gerard Manley Hopkins it's called Ash Bows and you know, don't worry if you don't get every word of it and how they fit together you really have to read Gerard Manley Hopkins several times and say it to yourself before you kind of get it and even then you probably don't get the whole thing but just, you know open up to it and enjoy Ash Bows. By Gerard Manley Hopkins Not of all my eyes see wandering on the world Is anything a milk to the mind So, so sighs deep poetry to it As a tree whose boughs break the sky Say it is ash boughs whether on a December day, unfurled fast, or they clammyish, lash-tender combs creep apart wide, and new nestle at heaven most high. They touch heaven, tabor on it, hover on it, here, there hurled, with talons sweep, the smouldering, enormous winter welkin. Aye. But more cheer, is when May melts blue with snow white through their fringe and fray of greenery, and old Earth gropes for, grasps at steep heaven, with it, whom she child's things by. Hmm. Heaven. Gorgeous. This has been Christine San Jose for Farm and Country along the poet's road.
0: This is Rosie Starr. It's that time of the year when the frost date passes and our eager hands are hungry for feeling warm soil. Preparing the savory herb boxes accessible to the kitchen are one of my favorite late spring activities. So I stopped by one of my reliable sources of transplants, Wild Yarrow Farm in Koscheckton, New York, to pick up a trio of English, German, and French thyme owner, Jeffrey Rose, was there to greet me.
3: Hi, Rosie. My name is Jeffrey Rose. I have Wild Yarrow Farm here in Koshekton. And uh, yes, diverse is a key word around here. Uh, Diversity is really important to us. We have a wide selection of tomatoes and peppers, medicinal and culinary herbs. We have dye plants, all kinds of things for the garden, as well as perennials that you're here for today. Um, I've got over 110 different heirloom tomato plants here for sale, all different kinds, mostly open pollinated, which means you can save the seed from these plants and then grow the same kind of tomato the following year. I have peppers from all over the world. We have them from all over South America. I have some exciting new peppers from Korea this year uh, and Japan. I've got the very hottest in the world as well as the sweetest. We have seasoning peppers too, which are really unusual that you don't find often that have all of the colorful flavors of scotch bonnets and habaneros, but have none of the heat. So you can use them in your cooking to add flavors that you don't find easily around here.
0: While I was walking around before we got to talk, I noticed your herb selection is quite impressive, especially the rosemary. I didn't know that there were so many varieties of rosemary.
3: We have a couple of varieties this year. The special one that we have is called Blue Rain, and it grows in a prostrate habit, so it will grow down around the pot if you put it in a pot, and it has beautiful blue flowers later in the season. Mm-hmm. We have four or five kinds of thyme. We also have a lot of different sage. We have white sage and black sage, as well as culinary sages, as well as some ornamental salvias for the garden.
0: Tell us why you chose to focus on diversity.
3: I started out wanting to be a medicinal herb farmer. I thought that's what I wanted to do. And I contacted Trina Pilanero at Silver Heights Nursery. Trina has since retired. And I went to work for her to learn about greenhouses and how I can apply that to the herb farming. And I ended up learning so much from her and exploring the diversity of the garden with her that I decided when she retired to establish my own farm here.
0: Yes, Trina was over in Koscheckton and you're just not very far away. Tell us where you are.
3: I'm, as I said, in Coshecton in East Coshecton, right near the Delaware River on New Turnpike Road, 321 New Turnpike Road in Coshecton.
0: Mm-hmm. And you're on this lovely property with an old barn. What is this place?
3: This is my home. That's our house right over there. It was built in 1870 and uh, the barn was built probably around the same time. We have about 35 acres here.
0: Mm-hmm. You're very much part of the history of this area. What are the challenges that you're facing right now?
3: One thing is the the weather <laughs> is always a challenge, and it was a very cool kind of wet and then alternately dry and warm and then cold again spring, so things were a little delayed this year. We're having a hard time pushing some things out. It took us a while to get things to where they could come outside and so that we would have room to plant more things. So some of the more tender vegetables, the squash, cucumbers, melons, they're going to be a little behind schedule this year, but it'll all catch up.
0: Yes, it will. And I hope the supply chain is not being too unfriendly to you. How about that?
3: Yeah, we're experiencing that just like everyone. I've been unable to get tags for my tag printer, and we have over 40,000 plants here that need tagging. So customers are going to have to be understanding and fill up, write out their own tag with a Sharpie, because we just can't do them all by hand.
0: Well, that's interactive fun. I think that would be nice for people to show up and be able to do that. Is there anything else you'd like to talk about?
3: I'd just like to encourage people to get outside, get in your garden, plant some vegetables. It's not hard to do. I, the, the one thing I, I hate hearing people say, oh, I have a black thumb. Nobody's got a black thumb. We've all got a green thumb. You just got to try it. Just get out there, plant as many different things as you can. Again, it, diversity is the key.
0: Yes, I have to agree. Get your hands in the soil and then observe what works, what doesn't work. It's, so what if it's not all successful? Think of it as a science experiment.
3: That's absolutely true. I tell people, if you get a 75% return in your garden of, a, of good success, that's a success. Don't expect every single thing you plant to turn out just like it was when you Googled it on the Internet. It's going to be different. Try different things, find out what works in your garden, and then pursue those things.
0: Well, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us. I hear another customer has just approached, so I won't take any more of your time.
3: Thank you very much, Rosie. It's been a pleasure speaking with you. Thank
0: you. WildYarrowFarm.net has contact information and hours of operation. As I was leaving Wild Yarrow Farm, I noticed a lovely apple tree in blossom. And it was humming with the irresistible sound of buzzing bumblebees. For Farm and Country, this is Rosie Starr. For WJFF Radio Catskill and Farm and Country. It's Rosie Starr at the Wayne Agriculture Day. I'm here in front of a booth of Wayne County Master Gardeners and I have a, someone that's like to say hello. Introduce yourself. Hi this is Diane Diffenderfer and I'm the Master Gardener Coordinator in Wayne County. Hi, Diane. It's nice to speak with you again. We are in springtime, and here we are at the Master Gardener's booth. So tell us what's the latest and greatest you'd like to share. Oh, thank you. I would
5: love to say a few words about a program. It's called Seed to Supper. And it's a nice collaborative program between the Master Gardeners and the food pantries. And in short, we're offering, the Master Gardeners are offering six free gardening lessons. So it's a two-hour class, one night a week for six weeks. You get an hour of gardening and also then an hour of nutrition education. Right now, if people are interested they can call me on my cell phone, and that number is 215-837-3120. And just like leave a message if I don't answer, and I will get back to you. And again, it's about the Seed to Supper program.
0: Okay, you want to elaborate a little bit on that?
5: Yes, I'd be happy to. And one of the things I think that's that we're doing prior to the classes beginning is, and this is another collaborative program with Master Gardeners, the food pantries, Home Depot has helped us in the past, and, and the high school, the FFA kids at the Honesdale High School. And we produce these vegetable buckets. So we get seed donations and we give the seeds to... Kayla at Honesdale High School, and she has her students grow the seeds for us, and then we give them buckets and soil that has been donated. The kids plant the vegetables in the buckets, and then we give them away to people who participate in the Seed to Supper program and also folks who are at the food pantries. So last year we went to every food pantry in Wayne County. And we gave away 10 buckets at each of the pantries, so 50 buckets of vegetable buckets.
0: Tell us about these buckets, and do they change throughout the season? They're vegetables,
5: and vegetables, herbs, and flowers, because those are all nice things to grow together. And it's a, so it's a little bit of a companion planting situation, which is really nice. And the soil that we use is container soil, so it's formulated specifically for container growing. The students all drilled holes in the buckets so there's drainage, and they're very easy to take care of. You can put them on a stoop. You can put them on your back deck. You know, you, you don't need to have a garden to grow your own vegetables. The vegetables that go into the pots are grown through those seed donations, and they're grown by the students at Honesdale High School in their greenhouse. We give them the seeds, they grow the seeds up, the seedlings, and then we give them the buckets and the soil that's been donated, and they plant the donated seedlings in the buckets. This year we specialized in, in getting vegetables that were specifically for container growing. So we have peppers that are specifically grown for containers tomatoes, eggplants, and then a variety of herbs and flowers that will be put in. And we'll give those buckets with a care card for each vegetable. Uh, we'll give
0: that to people at the food pantries. Uh, um, we're at a table here where there's lots of seed packets. Are these kind of the seeds that you're talking about, the the packets that are given to students? The seeds that we're looking at right now are actually
5: do- were donated to us by the Homesdale Agway. And what we've been doing is, so they're not part of the Seed to Supper program. That's a different program with different seeds because all the Seed to Supper programs are for containers. So these are things that you can just put in your garden. So there's kale, tomatoes, eggplants, turnips, radishes, peppers, lettuces, and peas and beans. And these we give away. Like I'll give a bunch to the Cooperage and they'll put them out and and folks that go to the Cooperage for various events can uh, pick up some seed packets and they're actually attached to a card that introduces the Master Gardener program and they can, uh, has contact information
0: on it. I see other information on the table here about pollinators. Let's talk about pollinators. That was our theme for today at Ag Day. We
5: wanted to talk about pollinators, and we have a variety of posters where we discuss the different types of pollinators there are. You know, some people think that it's primarily bees, right, that pollinate. In fact, there's so many different kinds of pollinators, and that's what we're really trying to get across to folks and to introduce them. Like, ants are good pollinators. Bumblebees are amazing. You know, actually, honeybees aren't as quite as good at pollinating as some of these other insects and bats are good pollinators and actually wind is a great pollinator so if you look across the pollinator spectrum it's pretty broad it's not just the honeybees although the honeybees are certainly important but so are moths and ants as I mentioned even wasps any insect that moves from one flower to a next is capable then of transferring pollen from the pollen grains, which is what you need to, for the pollination, from the male plant to the female plant. Flower. How do ants pollinate, and how do bats pollinate? Because with the ants, they visit flowers. And as they're crawling around, they get the pollen on them, and then they go to another flower. Let's say they're, they're in zucchini, and it's a nice big flower, so it's easy to see who's pollinating, right? The ants literally will walk around and get pollen on them, and then they'll go visit another flower. And so that's how the pollen is transferred. And bats do it in the same way. They will visit flowers and pollinate
0: as well. Now I feel obligated to talk about invasive species. What's the latest and greatest on that subject? (laughs)
5: The Master Gardeners hosted a webinar on the invasive knotweed, identifying and managing knotweed, and we had 838 people sign up for that webinar, and we had two gentlemen, uh, one who's a Professor Eric Burkhart at Penn State, he talked about research, and actually gave a really nice lesson in knotweed botany, and so that was fun. And then another gentleman, Steve Schwartz, so he does a lot of research on controlling knotweed. And it was just really great to hear all the work around here, like Skinner's. Falls is one of their test areas, but it's where they're doing some research.
0: So this is a hot topic right now. People want to eat knotweed, and they're appreciating that the bees love it. Honey. So give us the website that they should go to to get the Zoom information. Will your organization share the information? For any of the Penn State
5: webinars, you have to register for them. And when you register, you will be given the the link to the recording. So while all those 838 people, they will all get the information. So you can easily, I guess, access what we have available now on the Penn State Extension website. So if you Google, you know, psu.edu webinars or if you have a specific topic. So, for instance, if you want to do knotweed or barberry or, you know, one of the other invasives that we have
0: or any topic. Is there anything else you'd like to mention before we close about this season? Yeah, thanks, Rosie. We have
5: a Speakers Bureau now in Wayne County. Uh, So Master Gardeners are available to come to your meeting, to a garden club, to a senior center, to a hospital, to really wherever. We have a Speakers Bureau, and we have a list now available of all the topics that we cover. And some of those topics include composting. We have a great person that talks about ticks and Lyme disease, uh, raised bed gardening, introduction to vegetable gardening, spotted lanternfly is a big one too, organic gardening, edible landscaping. So we have a nice variety. If you're interested in that, again, you can call me. My cell phone is 215-837-3120.
0: Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us. You're welcome. For WJFF Radio Catskill and Farm and Country, it's Rosie Starr at the Wayne Agriculture Day. We hope that you enjoyed our show this week with production by Radio Catskill volunteers Keith Hubbard and Christine San Jose. Special thanks goes to our guest, Jeffrey Rose from Wild Yarrow Farm and Wayne County's Master Gardener Coordinator, Diane Diefenderfer, speaking to us from Wayne County's Ag Day. This has been your host, Rosie Starr. Thanks for listening to Farm and Country on Radio Catskill, public radio for the Catskills and Northeast Pennsylvania.
1: The Delaware Company presents the first annual festival
0: of the Founding Fish, Upper Delaware Shad Fest, Friday, May 20th to Sunday, May 22nd along the Upper Delaware River from Port Jervis to Hancock, New York. Highlights include Melissa Gilbert book signing, opening